0: I am so damn optimistic about the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday, I can't wait. Colts taking on the Chiefs, 1 p.m., Lucas Oil Stadium, it's the home opener, all is not lost, we are ready to watch this team compete, we are going to talk about eight reasons why you should be optimistic about the Colts against the Chiefs. Despite the 0-1-1 record, and despite the fact that the Colts have not competed reasonably well the first two weeks, we got reasons to believe people. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to focus on this morning, because it's Optimism Wednesday. It's what we do on Wednesdays. The Pacers, they have their golf outing today. That means we are two weeks away from the preseason opener in Charlotte. Are the Pacers going to be worth a damn Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, are they going to be a part of this team, or are they not? It's Tyrese Halliburton's team, and it's his city. We just live in it. That's where we are in Indianapolis. The Indiana Hoosiers, they're plus 17. 3-0, plus 17. Where's the respect for the Hoosiers? They've beaten, we know who they've beaten, Western Kentucky and Idaho and Illinois. So this isn't... It, 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 yes, it is. It's Optimism Wednesday about everybody, not just the Colts, but about the Hoosiers, about the Pacers. Sure, why not? Not Hard to be optimistic about the White Sox, though. This is Breakfast with Kent for, uh, what is it? It's Wednesday, September 21st. ay yeah, yeah. today's the first day of fall. Ooh, that came quickly. We're brought to you by the great people at BUSR. You want to lay some ducats on a game this weekend, BUSR the place to do it, the Colts 6.5 point dogs, Hoosiers 17 point dogs like I mentioned, you know what, the money line for the Colts, you want to get really optimistic, the money line's out there at over plus 500 so that gives you an idea of where the national mindset is as far as the Colts. Smash that subscribe button, and as always, the prize egg, the golden prize egg, there it is. What's in this is going to be given away on Friday to somebody who both subscribes and likes the videos that we produce twice a day, talking primarily about the Colts, because my God, we got reasons to believe people. That's what we got. Not reasons to feel poorly about the Colts. But reasons to believe on Wednesday. We can, we can have pessimism Thursday, although that's not a thing, and we're not doing that. I don't like pessimism. I like hope. And we got hope, baby, this weekend. Here's the hope we got. Let's talk about the Colts. All right. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., he's got to play. Because despite what Chris Ballard has told us the entire offseason, the other receivers cannot play dead. Without Michael Pittman, there is very little hope because teams can load up the box against Jonathan Taylor. With Michael Pittman Jr., you've got at least the threat of doing something over the through the air and moving the ball as as football teams tend to with the forward pass. They with Pittman, they got a receiver who can both create separation. And catch a football. These, Chris, are two really important aspects of being a receiver in the NFL. And these are the people who should be targeted as potential employees. Guys who can create separation. And then when the ball is delivered, can hold on to it. Michael Pittman Jr. checks both those boxes. And if you don't have one of those guys, you got eight or nine guys in a box. And here they come hurrying Matt Ryan or stuffing Jonathan Taylor. And he can't compete while that happens. All right. Um, the offensive line, they got to learn how to handle twists, right? We saw it all game long against Jacksonville. Jacksonville running well, but simple games where they overloaded one side and brought the end up the middle, and Ryan Kelly or Quentin Nelson or Danny Pitter – Unable to kind of catch that twist and stop the guy from coming completely untouched right toward uh, Matt Ryan's chest plate. You got to figure out how to defend these games and twists. It would seem to be a fairly simple process. These guys have been playing against defensive line who have been running these games since they were in high school. You would think that they could check the box of being able to pass off. a uh, a twister and get that guy stopped. Um, The Chiefs have been made, this is this kind of serious uh, reason for optimism. The Chiefs have been made to feel real comfortable. If they look at the tape of the Colts against the Jaguars, they think that they're going to come on over to Indianapolis. What is it? An hour and a half flight, tops. And, and they're going to come in, and they're going to beat the living hell out of the Colts. The Colts can't compete with the Chiefs. And and they're going to go home with a W, and they're going to wind up 3-0. And they're going to think this is going to be easy because this team stinks on ice. They did nothing well against the Jaguars. This is, to the extent they actually exist, and they do, this is a classic trap game for the Chiefs. and And for the Colts. Their back's up against the wall, right? Like, there's urgency in that building. Heard rumors of a meeting that occurred two nights ago, late night, some players, coaches, front office staff, and Jim Ursay went off the reservation. Rumors of that, uh, not reports of that. Uh, the secondary, they got to learn how to cover short routes in both zone and man. You, you can't let guys nickel and dime you underneath all game long. This is what we saw with Matt Eberflus as a defensive coordinator, and it's what we're seeing, again, with Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator, and you can't have this. You can't allow teams to gash you six yards here and get to second and four. You, know, you, you can't have that. And the Chiefs know how to do it as well as anybody else. Here's another thing about the Chiefs. A reason for, I mean, this sounds like a backward reason for optimism, but it's not entirely. Patrick Mahomes kind of relies upon that sort of, that guy who's going to escape pressure, get to the outside, deliver the football someplace you don't expect. The Colts, they don't apply any pressure. So this is a little bit different. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have to beat the Colts from the pocket. Now, that pocket is inviolate. He's going to be able to stand back there probably four or five seconds to deliver the football to Juju Smith-Schuster or Marquez Valdez-Scantling or or Travis Kelsey. you got to stop Kelsey. The other two you can live with uh, those guys catching the ball periodically. Kelsey cannot beat you. Anyway, so all in to stop Kelsey. But Mahomes is going to have to not respond to pressure and move the football down the field, because the Colts don't bring any pressure. So that's weird for Patrick Mahomes. How do you prepare not to be pressured? I've never heard of that being an advantage, but this is Optimism Wednesday, and it's what we do. Uh, Somehow the crowd elevates the Colts, And they come out ready to play and ready to compete on their home field and defend their house. Now, I think more often than not, that's a little bit overplayed. But I think it's important this weekend that Colts fans really support this team, at least initially. You know, until they prove they can't, let's assume they can get loud and make it a little bit inhospitable for the Chiefs. Um, The team with no interceptions and that's the Colts, gets a pick or two from the quarterback yet to throw one. Look, no quarterback goes through the season unscathed, and no defense doesn't pick off somebody at some point. The Colts are due for an interception, having thrown up two goose eggs, and the Chiefs are due to deliver some interceptions as they have thrown none through two weeks. Uh, That's stretching the boundaries of, of legitimate optimism, to tell you the truth. Uh, the tight end of the three the Colts have uh, on their roster, they do something worthy. Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, Kylan Granson—they got to do something good. They are critical to the success of this team, and they really haven't so far this season. A couple of drops, Mo not getting his foot down in the end zone, you get Johnny Woods kind of being a wall. I mean, what are you doing? Hey, look. If you're in win-now mode, chips are in, chips are in, draft people who can play now. Not people who are third-rounders, but might wind up being as productive as a first-rounder in three years. Don't draft that guy. Draft somebody who can contribute right now. Bernard Ryman, right, in two years could be a really, really good left tackle, and Chris Ballard's going to be able to watch him on TV from wherever he lives at that point. You gotta draft people who can play now. Quiddy pay oh, he's up there. Dio Odangbo. He's a project. We had him graded as a first rounder before he tore his Achilles. What? Uh, see? See how easy the the reach of pessimism will we, we'll will just it'll grab you and pull you in. And this is Optimism Wednesday, and we can't have that kind of thing. We can't talk about Odangbo. We can't talk about Pay being projects, Ryman being a project, and how Ballard screwed the pooch in draft after draft, except for 18. That was a pretty good draft. All right. Ooh, positivity. Good for me. Uh, Shaq Leonard gets on the field and does something good. I don't know. It's a reason to be optimistic, I suppose. I think it's a long shot. Uh, we find out a little bit about the disposition of these guys who are injured, whether it be Michael Pittman Jr., Shaq Leonard, uh, Alec Pierce, are they going to be available on Sunday? They need to be available on Sunday. We'll see. Here's a, a reason, legit, to be optimistic about the Colts. Only Kansas City, Miami, and Buffalo are 2-0. and And if the Colts win on Sunday and the Jags lose, at worst, the Colts are going to be tied for first place. In the AFC South, with a home game against the Titans, who have sucked worse than the Colts so far. The Colts, if they can get a win this Sunday, if they can find a way to play legitimate football and compete against the Chiefs, and the key is ball control, as we saw in 2019, you got a real chance to be in first place <laughs> at the end of next week. You could be 2-1-1 and and should be 2-1-1 if you can get the win this Sunday in a division... Where, you know, the Jaguars traveled to play the Chargers and uh, you got Houston at Chicago and you've got Tennessee hosting the Raiders. The entire division, other than the Colts, could lose, but the entire division could lose if the Colts lose and still then they're only a half game back of the Jaguars. Um, good heavens. Now we are getting optimistic. Isn't this fun? See, I told you, how could so much go wrong so fast? for this team. Less than two weeks ago, people are talking about the Super Bowl. Now, there are more people in Indianapolis talking about the Colts getting the first overall draft pick than there are the Colts winning the AFC South. What's happening? But it's Optimism Wednesday. So we talk about the good. It's what we do. Uh, You know what, though? I mean, we love hope and optimism, but we're not stupid. What we saw on Sunday was indicative of a team that is absolute horseshit. Tell you the truth, Connor. It's either going to be a forty-point loss or a three-point win, but it's Optimism Wednesday, so obviously the latter. Connor, bringing positivity—that's what we do. So we dance, we celebrate Connor's positivity and donation. Uh, Hoosiers uh, plus seventeen this weekend in Cincinnati. They're three and zero. What are you doing? The money line's plus five sixty on BUSR. Plus five sixty. They're three and zero. I know. It's Cincinnati. It's the first legitimate opponent that they've played this year. I know. Pacers golf outing today. That means that two weeks from tonight, the preseason opener for the team that everybody's talking about. Anybody talking about the Pacers? No. Nobody's talking about the Pacers except will Miles Turner and Buddy Heald be a part of this team? We'll see uh love Benedict Matherin, love uh Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Duarte, you know what Isaiah Jackson it, you got got Jalen Smith. you got guys who can play a little bit and who are going to develop a little bit. um the sox lost to the Guardians last night in 11 innings, 10 to seven. now they're five games back. they got a 6.4 percent chance of making the postseason. It's grim. On the south side of Chicago, I know this is Optimism Wednesday, but it's the White Sox, and I, I really don't care. So I don't have to be optimistic about the White Sox. I grew up North Shore of Chicago. We were not Sox fans. Uh, Cubs win 2-1, to one, although I like them now. 2-1, to one, they're 63 and 63-85. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? On this beautiful Wednesday. Hot today. 93 degrees today. Aaron Long, Max Jones. Uh, Linda Newby-Casey, Christopher DeWitt, Bruce Kidd, the great Bruce Kidd, happy birthday. The great Taylor Bennett celebrating a birthday. The great Rito Tay, both of the previous two birthday celebrants. Emma's alums. Uh, Karen Wegerson, who I went to elementary and junior high school with. I think just junior high. Uh, Danny O'Melia, happy birthday. Kate LeGrand celebrating a birthday. Tanya Viral. Happy birthday to the great Tony Softley. Tony, come to India and help this team scout talent, please. Uh, Doug Bowles, happy birthday. The great Zach McCrite, the Big Easy, who I worked with in St. Louis, along with Tony Softley. Two uh, ESPN or 101 ESPN graduates celebrating a birthday. Two Emmett's graduates celebrating a birthday. That's awesome. Uh, we'll talk to you later today. Inside Indiana Sports Now. Subscribe, like. You could win what is in this prize egg on Friday. It is a fabulous piece of sports memorabilia. Cannot wait to talk to you then. Stay positive. Stay positive. Don't turn to the dark side. Don't get negative. Stay positive about the Colts. It's too early. It's still September. Things could happen. It's unlikely, but things